Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Levi McCurdy, and this is the What Are We Doing podcast. It's 2023, baby. New year, new me. New year, new mental problem. And I, am I right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Am I right? Shout out to all my mental health podcast friends on Twitter. Shout out to you guys. You're the real ones. So, um, dude, a new year. I hope you all had a happy new year. I hope you all had a safe new year. I hope you're all still with me after the new year. Okay. And season three is coming. We're hot. We're kicking it up a notch. Okay. Bam. Emerald Lagasse. You know what I'm talking about? He's not here, but you know who is? Ken Cage. Airplane repo, high-end repo man, Ken Cage is here, dude. And he's here to talk to us all about his life as a professional thief, repoing yachts, racehorses, cargo boats, airplanes, you name it, he's probably repoed it. If a millionaire has financed it through the bank, this man has probably repoed it somewhere along the East Coast. Uh, Ken Cage was a blast to talk to. I, I cannot thank him enough for coming on this podcast. It was literally a 20-minute interaction on Twitter that happened yesterday, which led to him being right here on the What Are We Doing podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, please give it up in the comments, like this video, rate us five stars on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, you guys know what to do. Hit subscribe if you didn't, okay? If that little button down there's red, that means you haven't hit subscribed on the YouTube channel, and I need you to do that right now for none other than Ken Cage of Airplane Repo. Enjoy. <laughs> is the What Are We Doing podcast. In an effort that probably took us about 20 minutes, in the middle of a Tuesday, I didn't even know this was happening, and through a back and forth on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, we're here the next day, and we're making stuff happen here in 2023. It's our first guest of the year, and we have none other than Airplane Repo's Ken Cage. How are you, sir? How's it going, man? Uh, man, it's doing great. Thank you so much for having me. What do you think of the sunglasses? Dude, I love what? it. And we couldn't be any better. It could not be any better. I think it's, uh, I think, you know what? We're kicking off 2023. We just established this rule last year. Thanks to my sister-in-law. She was like, you need every guest on this podcast to also wear the glasses. Uh, and unfortunately, Ken, I, as I, before the call, I did apologize. We will be acquiring aviators this year 
to add to our repertoire of, uh, to our sunglass line. So as soon as we do that, we will let you know, but I appreciate you bringing them. Now, are those, are those designer, are those expensive glasses you're wearing? What, where are we at there on the range? Yeah. Well, they're expensive because they're prescription. Ah, Um, so without them, I can't really read very well. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, I don't know, 800 bucks or whatever, but I'm always, it's funny. If you look back at the beginning, I did a Kiplinger piece and that's where I was wearing just, um, uh, Iron Man sunglasses, you know, the $12 pairs uh-huh. and people went nuts over them. So then I bought literally, I bought seven or eight different pairs cause they break so quick uh-huh. and now they don't make them. So I just go with these and like I said, they help me with the, the, with the work because I have to read the uh, orders and things like that. But yeah, no, 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 we're, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're junkies too. I mean, we're not going, we're not going like beyond ray ban and the and the sunglass hut i don't i don't think we've broken that thousand dollar mark on sunglasses yet here either because i mean like you said and especially with the work you do i i'd imagine i'd imagine being on the water or here or there flying or doing this or doing that or you know stealing a dirt bike or whatever it is uh you know your glasses fall off you lose them you can't be spending a thousand dollars a pop so i i completely completely understand um, so man, your, uh, repoing is your life, right? Yes, sir. That's what we do. Awesome. Awesome. So, so take me back, take me back to the beginning. You started, did you start in the car finance industry, the, the car repoing industry or where, where did that all begin for you? It's, it's interesting because nothing I've done has made any sense or followed a traditional pattern. Yeah. Same. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that's what. I tell youngest son just graduated from high school last year. So I've, I've been coaching a bunch of kids forever. It's like mm. every single kid has their own path. Like stop, stop being 18 and saying, I have to do this, mm. then this, it doesn't work that way. And then I tell them my story. So I originally started out working in, in regular branch banking. Yeah. Um, then I, when we were pregnant with our first daughter, I went back to college, got, my, got a degree in mathematics, worked for JP Morgan. Then I went, went to Chrysler and that's mm. where, you know, I was working in the auto finance end. Mm-hmm. So was there, I was hiring repo men to go repo the cars that we couldn't get the money on. And then got sick of it. I turned 40. I'm like, I got to do something on my own. Um, and here we are. And isn't that, and isn't that interesting too? So you, you, you took what you knew and you took what you know and what you were just presumably getting paid to do nine to five and then you turn that into now was was while you were working for JP and Chase was doing kind of what you you know you do on the show or the bigger stuff away from the cars was that ever a side hustle for you or was that just always like okay now I have the knowledge I want to get out of the corporate entity I'm going to be my own thing uh, it, it's more the second when I was working for Morgan it was uh, I was in the international cash management group so we were funding all these mortgage-backed securities, the, the different teams. And it's funny, at the end of the night, you'd sell, you know, 600 of Chicago for an overnight. It's like, right. like, how do we do that? Like, it's just so bizarre because yeah. you just don't even think of it. Right. It's such a large-scale thing. Right. I thought when when we bought the business, it's my business partner's Bob Weeks. He's a childhood friend of mine. And, uh-huh. you know, I thought, you know, I've got the background in investigations and in repo and banking, and you've got the background in sales. We're set. And then we went, we signed the contract, we bought the company, come back, get our first case and realize we had no idea. We were. <laughs> yeah. 
really translate as much as we thought. So it, well, and that's where, right. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I feel like, um, and you can maybe relate to this, not necessarily in the repo industry, but you know, I, I, I went from being that, that nine to five, you know, just being the web developer working for the company and now I own it. Right. So I went from that employee to ownership to kind of entrepreneur aspect as well. Um, and it's, it's a completely different ball game. I mean, just the admin side alone and bills and taxes and all that is, is a completely different story, but like, you know, getting the work and then the money comes in and then, well, this person needs paid this person, this bill, this account, this, this, and that. And at the end of the day, it's like, Oh, we made a hundred grand this year. And I maybe made like two or three of that because, Oh, it costs money to run a business. Right. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's something that, um, I've, I've not only realized myself, not this year, obviously I've been running businesses for the last 10 years, but this year is something that I've had to explain a lot more to my friends and people I'm working with because they're like, Hey, like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do raises. Let's get more money. And I'm like, Hey, don't have any more money because yeah, exactly. it costs money to keep this train moving. You know, what it's, I mean? it's, it's, it, you know, not to get into the political stuff, but we heard a lot about, yeah. you know, when, when the former president as a business owner, he didn't pay this guy, he didn't <laughs> pay that guy. And he's a terrible person. It's like, if you ran a company, you would understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just a completely different thing because you know, I tell people all the time, there are people that I hired Right. That did not do the job that yep. I hired them to do. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not paying you. Yep. Oh. So does that make me a bad guy because they didn't do what I right. told them to do? Oh, oh yeah. No, trust me. I've 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 had to have those hard conversations as well. And it's been um it's very interesting. And I've simplified it down to I what I think is the simplest of terms. Hey, you show up and you do your job. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know what your job is. You know why you're here. I don't have to explain that to you. We've already done that part. We've already had the meeting. We've had the interview. We've had the phone call. You show up on this day and you do this task. And if you don't do that, okay, great. Now we're done. That's it. I'll find someone else to literally show up and do your job. So it's right. It's this. I think now. Did you see that shift? uh, And 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 not a not assuming, but just, you know, based on some research, I think you might be just a smidge older than me. Uh, but, uh, now based on your research, have you seen that, uh, has that, has that dynamic in the workforce shifted since COVID or did you see that back in, you know, when you're doing the show on like 2010 through the, you know, through the 2010s or, um, have you seen a cultural shift in that change at all? Not really, because I'll tell you, the, I was going to mention to you the first time we bought the business in November of 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've been at it for 17 plus years now. Uh, and I remember, I'm going to say the end of two, 2006, beginning of 2007, there was a a pilot who was had been working with the previous owner. And we're like, okay, we'll use him. And I said, listen, you're going to Montana. It's March. Do not go if the weather is not good. <laughs> I don't want to pay you to go out there and then come back without an airplane. Get stuck or whatever. Right, right. Right. And I re- remember he and came back without the plane. And then mm. he wants, you know, six grand for travel. It's like, right. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very explicitly clear. Here's the text. Here's the email. Do not go unless. So our industry has a lot of, you know. Yeah. It's a it's 
thing anyway uh, with a lot of people. I think we're a little different because, you know, I do come from banking. I have mm-hmm. that background. Mm-hmm. And we do kind of run things a lot like the way I remember it at a bank. Right. Um, you know, and, and a lot of other people didn't do it that way. They were just more helter skelter, more crazy, more take chances, cut corners, this and that. It's like, no, we're not doing this. So honestly, since COVID hit, our company has done very few repos. And so, yeah, and then and that was and that was kind of on my list to to talk about as well. Do you foresee now my my assumption was is was your Based on the show, was your biggest, I would say, like, you know, boom or your 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 kind of your the 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 year that you guys did the most? Was that was that in that 2010 to 2015 time or uh well it's funny because you know, not to brag, but you'll mm-hmm. see back here there's a lot of yeah. articles. USA Today is here, Wall Street Journal. It was right around that time, right before it and right after. So it was like right. 2008 through 2012, which was our craziest time. Most of these articles hit in 2010 because at that point, nine and 10, because at that point, at that point, people were starting to realize this is hitting the rich people. And that's what the story became. Um, it, it wasn't just a oh, repos are up. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The multimillionaires are getting repo now. This is different. And that's what it, it really was. Our average repo value went from like thirty-five up to three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars per right. asset. Right. You know what I mean? Um, there's one kind of airplane. It's a beautiful, gorgeous, great airplane, newer airplane. It's called Cirrus. They have the parachute. Huh. We got to a point where we had so many Cirruses repoed and for sale <laughs> that this the company itself called the bank and said, You have to stop doing this. Because we were we were affecting the market. Oh, because you were right, right, right. Because then you were you had more inventory than the actual company did. Right, uh, and, and we're selling it for two hundred twenty five uh-huh. or two hundred fifty thousand. They're trying they to sell used products for for four or five hundred thousand. Right. Guess what? Now people are saying, "Well, I can get it." And then so the used market value was changed dramatically. Right. The bank did the right thing. They said, "We agree. Mm-hmm. We don't want to sell these. You will do what you want. We won't we won't repo them anymore. Just pay us." the amount of the loans that are due. And they're like, oh no, we're not doing that. Well, conversation's over. Because it would have we literally had 40 airplanes at one time. Right. And so and so that that was a fact that I found interesting in some of my research as well. So do you not when when the bank calls and says, hey, Elon Musk didn't pay his yacht bill, we need to go get it. Uh then that yacht, once you get it, you know, you can you blackmail him into cheating on his wife or whatever you want to do to get the boat. Right. A little sketchy, by the way, we'll talk about it. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, or so you get the boat, right? You guys are driving away with the boat job. Well done. You keep that boat or the bank doesn't want that boat. What, where does that boat go? So we transport it to a location that's in our best interest. Right. Depends on where we get it from. Okay. Um, you know, we try and get as many of them down to South Florida as possible because, we have the marinas, we have the services we can mm-hmm. provide, and the weather's better. Right. So, you know, you're in central Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from just outside of Philly, uh-huh. uh, but it, we've got the business down there. So where would you rather go in the, you know, February 10th <laughs> to buy a boat? Right, right. The right. Susquehanna River yeah, right. or Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go to Fort Lauderdale, yeah, right? Yeah. So. We try and take it there because we do, we're able to provide more service, better service. It's easier. We don't have to worry about weather as much, you know, except during hurricanes and stuff. But, right, right. 
Um, and then we are also licensed brokers. So we sell them for the bank. The bank, you're right. They don't want the yacht. Uh, okay. So you're selling the them. Money. You're selling them for the bank. Okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. So we're, okay. We're the licensed broker. Got it. And we sell all boats and airplanes for the bank. And now speaking of Florida, you can't, from my understanding, um, that, that repo license for you is like your Willy Wonka golden ticket. Is that, mm -hmm. is that something that I can't get today? If I want to be a repo and go down to Florida and get your anywhere, anywhere repo license, can I not get that? So we have a locate, we have a, a residence in Florida, uh -huh. which is required. You have to have a, a, you know, a residence in Florida. Okay. Um, you have to take the class. You have to pass the test. Uh, it's a 40 hour class. You have to pass the test. So we've done all that. Yeah. Um, we've been licensed since 05. Um, you know, anybody who has a residence in Florida can go and try and pursue it. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, the tougher part is the insurance. Mm. Um, because insurance companies basically say, you, know, you do all the work, you get the residence, you go down there, you pass, you got your license. Uh -huh. You're supposed to work for a licensed agency, but you want to do it yourself. You want to have your own agency. Right. Yeah. Great. You apply for it. The state says you've got it. Now you call the the, re, the insurance company. Say, hey, I want to insure my business. Right. How long have you been in business? Well, we just started. Nope. Can't have it. Right. Right. So you can't get insured. Right. If you're not an established company, it's a strange thing. And, you know, so then it's like, well, how do you get into it? It's it's like that, that chicken and egg thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've been fortunate. We've got both the aircraft and the and the yacht insurance. Awesome. So we've got the repo insurance. We've got the location, the agency, the like, like we've got, that's why I say to be more like a bank, like we have everything lined up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the pain in the neck part of it. The, the business <laughs> side, we can about a minute ago. Right. Right. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine when you tell the insurance company, Hey, uh, we're not really sure what we're doing next week. It might be, uh, you know, uh, $1 million plane or a $10 million plane. And I'm assuming the insurance spread on those things or like a monster truck or a horse or a cargo boat. I'm sure the insurance spread is completely different for each one of those, let alone whether or not they've ever had someone call in and wanting to insure any of these things. Uh, so I'm sure they, do they have like a special like insurance plan for you or do they just roll your eyes every time the phone rings? Cause it's like, Hey, we got another one. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of specialized. And, and we kind of estimated the beginning of the year. Hey, mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, the value of the, the assets that we're going to have in our care that we need insured is this, and they'll be kept between here, here and here. Right. Great. Um, you know, well, every quarter we'll, we'll submit, Hey, here's what the inventory is. Great. You're still within the, the confines that we have talked about. You're right. If we have said, Hey, we're going to have $12 million worth of assets at a time. And then they say, Hey, we got two $8 million yachts, which we have done this right. from one debtor, go snag both $8 million yachts right now and keep them. Then the insurance company says, hold on. That's great. We're really happy for you. Congratulations. Where do you want to send the check to Ken? It's like, oh, son of a gun. So. Uh. Yeah, you know, we do have to adjust it. And there's, right. as insurance companies do, they never refund anything, but they're very <laughs> happy to ask for more. And that's fair. I mean, they're insuring more, they're taking a greater risk. Right. I, um, I got, fair. I got, I got an insurance company to write me a full check one time. This was, wow. a, this was a year ago. I had a, we just moved into this house and I was like, this is it. It's our first house. I'm going all out. Daddy needs his TV, right? So we went to store, I got the biggest 85 inch 4k, $3,000, whatever TV I could find. Yep. And 
of course, like for, for the three year protection warranty, the three year insurance, it was only like 300 bucks. I'm like, I'm not going to not insure this $3,000 TV for 300 bucks. So I did it fast forward, you know, three, six months later, uh, you know, my two year old son is throwing a dog bone at it. And now there's a crack and just a black line down the middle. Uh, and what maybe you do know, or probably not, but there is no insurance company on this planet that will cover a cracked TV screen, whether you have Best Buy Geek Squad or whatever insurance plan that you're paying monthly, no yep. one covers a cracked screen because right. that's like the number one, they'll lose all their money. I was on the phone with Allstate, Square Trade, whatever Target or whatever they sold me at the checkout for the warranty. I was on the phone with them every day for about five days until I got to their VP of operations on the phone. And wow. then he, he had me a check in the mail for the whole TV in about 24 hours. So, That's awesome. uh, my, my thought philosophy is I did the same thing with our Dyson vacuum. It was out of warranty and I had a brand new vacuum at my house in about three months. Then the goal, it, it's no secret. The only, the secret is the skill set. If you call them enough times, that list accumulates in their system because they have to keep track of all their calls and stuff. So if yep. they see you call 10 times, someone higher up is going to be like, wait a minute, what aren't my employees doing? And then they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to make the problem go away as soon as possible. So gotcha. small tip, uh, probably won't work for a multi-million dollar airplane, no, but, but if you have a nice TV in, you know, your man cave or wherever, by all means call until they give you your money back. <laughs> Beautiful. That's it's, good work right there. Yes. Yes. Very good detective work. And you know, yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, man. So I've, I've mentioned a couple things here before, but let's just go through the list. I mean, the, the boring stuff, the private jets and the multi-million dollar yachts. I mean, everyone's repoing those on a daily yeah, basis. Everybody so, is. Yeah. so, um, Man, so I think I heard you say it was a cargo ship on the list a few years ago. Is that is that right? We've done six of, I think six of those. Yeah, you've done six cargo ships. Yeah, at different times. Are you yeah. are you the reason all of the cargo ships were backed up in California over COVID and none of our shit got delivered? I can neither confirm nor deny that. No, we had nothing to do with that. That wasn't us. Um, (laughs) It's funny. The first one we did, I was, you know, I I get a little nervous and amped up for some of these. And Mm -hmm. the first one was like a thousand foot cargo ship in Jacksonville. Mm. So it's a new client. The attorney's a new client. He's like, we want you to do it. It's at the port of Jacksonville. Go get it. Okay. He said, there's one little caveat to this. Okay. Tell me what it is. It's a cargo ship. Well, yeah. He goes, (laughs) But the crew is all foreign, and none of them have paperwork to set foot on American soil. Okay. So you've got to make sure you keep them on the on the ship the entire time. Because if you put them on U.S. soil, then do you become a human trafficker? It's bad for me. It's right. bad for the, the business who hired me. It's right. bad for the client. Um, so it's just really bad. Yes. So we had to hire, you know, we, we have our own people that we use. We had to hire 24 seven security to make sure nobody's coming off the yacht. The, I keep saying yacht, off the cargo ship. Yeah. Um, so, okay. We do that for like three days. All of a sudden on day four, somebody's waving their hands at us from the yacht, from the ship. Jesus, I did it again. Somebody's waving their hands at us from the ship. What's going on? Well, they speak Spanish. So now we have to get somebody for the port to kind of translate. They have a medical emergency on board. 
Now they can't just come off the ship. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. So now we have to coordinate, and we had to call, you know, the Coast Guard people that were there. We had, you know, Port Authority that was there and stuff like that. But it's like we're panicking because, like, you know, that's the one thing with me. You know, everybody says, well, "What's what's well?" But if a boat stops working, what happens? Right. You float. Right. If a plane stops working, what happens? Right. You got enough fuel to hit the crash site, right? right. That's the old Ron White yeah, chip. Okay. You have enough right. fuel. To, yeah. So that's the problem. Same thing here. Like this guy could die. Yeah. So it's like now there's there's that panic that I have. It's like, oh, my gosh. So it's like we had to get the port authority to get the permission to get the and then the whole we're trying to get permission to get the emergency services people in. And, and it's not that easy to get somebody off of a boat from, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet in the air because uh-huh. they don't they're not same height as the dock. You got to get them down. It's just it was such a nightmare for us. And that was, of course, our first one. OK, now we've had the other ones have gone pretty smoothly. We've had them everywhere from one up in New York, you know, outside of New York City, Virginia, down through Florida. Um, most of the time, they're kind of simple okay. because you have to keep people on. Whereas if it's a private, you know, yacht or an airplane, we have to clear everybody off. Right. This is you all have to stay. We're not moving. And when you have somebody's cargo on the boat, guess what happens? They pay. So, and so that was, and so that was my next question, uh, actually for my sister-in-law, Christina with, with cargo, whether it be a plane or, uh, you know, or the boat or the yacht or whatever it may be, anything that's on those vessels, you guys have to remove or what you said they pay. So yeah, usually on the cargo ships because the value of the cargo right. is generally significantly more than what they have. Okay. Right. I mean, okay. they could have. You know, however, however many cars, however many cases of product, fruit, paper, whatever. Right. So the value of the cargo is, is usually far greater. Okay. So as soon as they know, as soon as they know that you're not going to let them offload the cargo and it's stuck there and they can't move, they they hustle. So usually most of these cases only last a day or two. Uh-huh. Um, luckily for us, the medical emergency was a seven day case. Thank you. If it was a two day case like the rest, Jeez. we would have never had the emergency. So, uh. um, but most of them go pretty quickly. The personal property on privates, whether it's a, you know, a jet 172 airplane or a yacht, personal property, they have the right to. Okay. Okay. So in most cases, we don't give it to them right away. We'll inventory it right. and then we'll send them back. Got it. Um, or give them the opportunity to come pick it up. But if they don't claim it, then it's ours. Oh, okay. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Any any yeah. any interesting thing? Like, I mean, you just got a, a private jet. That's a score. But then anything uh, else on board that we can... I'm trying to find... I have some Arnold Palmer things from one debtor. Um, and I have an autographed picture from Arnold Palmer. Wow. I thought it was... Um, that's, yeah, that's a cool... A lot of really cool mementos from... Arnold Palmer, because this guy um, built golf courses and knew Arnold really well. Right. And it's funny because we met him. I met him face to face. <laughs> and he took some stuff off the yacht. Oh. But he left this stuff. And then I emailed right. him and then I letters and everything else. And I actually gave him usually it's 45 days if they don't claim it, it's ours. Yep. I gave this guy six months because I met him. Right. And he right. said he wanted it, but he never responded. So then we just we, we kept everything. But. Yeah, there's a lot of really disgusting stuff on there. <laughs> You're right. um, some weapons, uh, you know, we'll see weapons from time to time. Right. Um, if you watch the show, 
one of the and, and you kind of refer to this. I don't know if you saw the episode or not, but mm-hmm. you kind of refer to it where, you know, we've had debtors that are having affairs on the yachts. Right. Um, so there was one case where, you know, I'm trying to get back to personal property and the guy starts screaming for his Rolex. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at my inventory list. I'm like, there's no watch. Right. On, no on Rolex. Road. Yes. Yes, there was. It's worth $15,000. If you don't give it to me, you owe me that money. I'm like, dude, stop. It wasn't there. And that's where the Philly in me comes out, right? Then mm-hmm. I get get all, no, they stop it already. Knock it off. So he goes, no. And he starts arguing with me. I said, fine, let's go through it. Right. And I, right. I strategically pull out a sex toy. <laughs> now the wife's there. I'm like, ma'am, is this yours? <laughs> Knowing that it's not. Uh-huh. Said, oh my God, no, get that away from me. That's not mine. Right. Okay. But ma'am, are these your underwear? They don't appear to be your size, but are they yours? What the hell are you? And then now she's turned on him. Now he's like, and I pulled out one more thing that wasn't hers. That mm-hmm. was another woman's. And mm-hmm. at that point, the guy throws the three items back of the box, slams the box shut, takes off the box. And then she signs for the pay, pre, uh, right. Right. for the property. So, right. you know, that was, a again, wasn't my plan. <sighs> right. But, but once you start. It's so, okay, and is go. that, so let's that's, go. so that's the end goal then. Is that the end goal? Once you're, you're on the boat or you're at the dock or you have the keys to the plane or you're right there. And these guys, obviously we see you, we see them confront you on the tarmac mm-hmm. or, or on the boat or on the, wherever they're at. It, that's the goal then is to literally a diffuse the situation and, and keep it as, as calm as possible. Uh, but B, uh, cause we'll get to the danger in a minute, but B, um, just leave with the, the asset, right? That's, that's, and I mean, if, it, <laughs> Hey, if it means, you know, searching for a, a Rolex that never existed and, or pulling out some things that don't belong to the wife who's also standing there, we're just here for the boat. Like your, you know, your, right. <laughs> your personal and relationship doesn't really fly here. Correct. And, and. Again, you're right. Ultimately, the goal is to get away from where we are with the asset, right? And nobody else. So we had the one episode that was similar, but it's like, you know, dude, you got a choice here. Like your wife's coming. Right. Yeah. We Like, how do you want to work this? Let us know. It's up to you. Right. We'll, we'll be your best friends <laughs> or we'll sink you. Right. And it's up to you because we have the information. So right. we end up talking the guy into working with us mm-hmm. he was going to give up the boat yep um you know and and that's so it's a lot of negotiation i you know it's funny because that's i think one of my strengths you, with this is being able to stay have, calm yeah well and i mean you have you have like six jobs in one you're you're the the negotiator you're the detective you're essentially the thief. You're you're the criminal and the authority in this situation because you you not only have the the legal right, like hey, here's your warrant. We're arresting this boat, uh, and then but you're also the person committing the legal crime. It's a very interesting job. It's a very very interesting world you live in. Yeah, um, it's funny because we always say, and it's just it's the vernacular that they've used. Yeah, we're still we're still on the boat. We're still on the plane, and right. we just naturally say it. Right. And people get offended. It's like, you're not stealing. It's like, I know, but that's just the words we use. Because you have the same mentality. It's totally the same mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do have a legal right to do it. 
Right. And that's the gray line. Right. And like, um, your, uh, and like your partner, Danny, who is your, the the bodyguard, right. Just in case things go wrong. I mean, he can legally beat the crap out of someone. So So you, (laughs) you've established a team of people who can legally steal really expensive stuff and, uh, someone who can beat someone up in the process legally and everyone walks away just fine, except for that guy who potentially just lost his wife and his brand new boat and his teeth sometimes and his teeth. Right. Or <laughs> yeah, and his reputation or whatever else it may be. It's funny because Insane. as a repo agent, there's, <laughs> we have a lot of leeway, right? But yeah. a couple of things we can't do. One of them is disturb the peace, which means we can't right. get in a yelling match. Right. We can't physically fight. I'm not allowed to carry a weapon. Ah. Um, you know, I'm not allowed to collect payments. So people come up and say, Hey, let me, let me give you the money. No, 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 no. Because once that happens, we hit, we're, yep. we're responsible for a whole lot of additional of rules, which right. would, which would cripple us. So it's like, no, you pay the bank. I'm taking this. Now, Danny, when he's there is my bodyguard. Yes. As a bodyguard, mm. Danny's allowed to do things that I am not allowed to do. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's mm. like, I'm going to repo Danny. Then you do what you need to do as a bodyguard. I'm I'm off of this case. And it's kind of like, you know, our wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh-huh. our agreement. Right. Um, it's funny. Danny is the nicest, coolest guy you'll ever meet. Oh, yes. Until if he's on the job and you piss him off. Right. You know, I've I've seen him in action. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when you see him run, right, in the episodes, you're like, he can't really run that well. He's cat <laughs> quick, though, when he needs to be. Like lightning quick, super strong. Like he's so he's like, why would I run? I don't have to run anywhere. Yeah. Like run. He's like, yeah, all right, I'll I'll fake it. Not running, but, but if you, you get Danny behind the wheel of a Ferrari, he'll oh he'll, he'll chase you down. <laughs> so we got the one Ferrari in Maryland. Yeah, and it's funny because I had gotten the the boat over. We were basically more or less done filming, right? Yep. We we're just gonna have a little pickup wrap up scene at the end. Yep. Great. But the camera crew that was with Danny called our people and said, film the bridge. Yes. What does that mean? Film the bridge? What does that mean? All of a sudden, you hear this the scream, and you know that sound, of a Ferrari. So it, we, it was so loud and so audible, they were able to pick it up. Basically, what happened was Danny, in this in this repoed Ferrari, uh-huh. got into a race with, a, uh, I think, one of the BMW sports series cars you know super fast so the bmw looks at danny and he's like you want to go and danny's like i can't and and you know back and forth he started with a, all of a sudden danny's like let's go right right so now we have a camera crew filming him going 140 <laughs> you know in the backwoods of in the back streets of uh maryland i'm like oh my gosh dude this is why, why i can't let you drive these lambos and these for <laughs> right so so we've 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 tiptoe around it we both mentioned it a couple of times airplane repo three seasons on discovery 28 episodes in total and between you and the partners and danny and everyone else involved over a billion dollars in assets seized now is that during the show your lifetime as a repo more than a billion is the number updated where are we at yeah, I, I, so just me. That's me. Okay. Um, uh, and I've done over 3,000 repos and seizures. Um, I, I, honestly, I have not updated the, the value, uh-huh. um, but it's, it's you know, it's definitely over a billion. Now, when I do that, because, again, you got to be careful. It's, it's funny that people on Twitter are 
so great. And there's a couple that are just so tough. Okay. Like every little thing. No, it's only $999,950. Uh, it's not a billion. <laughs> okay. So listen, um, listen, I, if, if I have $998 million in the bank, I will tell everyone, I will also then kiss their physical ass and tell them that I am a billionaire. How much right. money do you have in the bank? It's a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me two days of interest, right, I got it. Right, 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 um, right. But, you know, I, I I look at the book, the current value, okay? So the book value of a, a $20 million jet is $20 million. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be out of annual, it might need issues here, and we might need new hush kits, this, that, and the other. Okay, so the 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 sale value might only be $12 million, right. but the book value, just that way we're using the same number across the board. Got it. And the book value is probably closer to 1.2 at this point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, and I mean, those numbers, uh, like, like I, like I mentioned before, those numbers just don't come from, from the boats and planes. I mean, you guys, uh, I know you love telling this story. You guys did a racehorse. Yeah. There's a racehorse. How now I, I'm not in that industry, but I'm assuming does, does something need to meet a certain number threshold for you to go get it? Like, what is yes. that? Okay. What is that? What is that limit for you? It varies by bank. Okay. Um, some banks say, if I can get a thousand dollars in this, then do it. Okay. Others say 5,000. So okay. it's usually between okay. one and five grand. They don't need a lot. Okay. Got um, it. And remember everything we get that nets out goes to pay off the note. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So with the racehorse, that was really a unique situation because I, I'm like you, I mean, I'm from Philly. I know we have. <laughs> You know, if you go out a little bit from us, yeah, there's tons of horse farms and right. great ones. And the town I live in is where Man of War is from. But guess what? Not now. That was 90 years ago. Right. Um, so I don't know anything about horses. Um, so the plan was I was going to go talk to the owner of the farm where the horse was being kept. It wasn't his horse. Yeah. The, the, the debtor was keeping the horse there. So I was from Southeast Horse Racing Monthly Magazine, just a, a magazine I made up or a startup magazine. I'd love to do an interview. I've heard a lot of great things about your place. Now, what happened when you asked me to do an interview right away? Yeah, I'm up. Oh, because right. Well, because right. And I mean, right. Yep. Yep. What's he doing on a on a on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday at 10 a.m.? Probably nothing. Let's get it done. It'll be great right. publicity, great PR, a little posty post on the socials. Why not? I got an hour. Let's do it. Come on over, Ken. Right. Yeah. So I called him. <laughs> he invited me to his place, you know, to his office, which was far enough away from the, where the horses were kept, the stables and stuff. So I'm like, okay, great. So then we, one of the guys that was working with was, was a horse guy. Yep. So he had the trailer, he had the truck to move it. He had the ability, he had the place to take the horse. He knew how to make it a stress-free movement because again, that horse can die too. Yes. Right. Yep. And, and that scared the tar out of me. Yep. So I had an expert in moving horses. Great. So we go and, uh, you know, I'm starting to do the interview and I've got, you know, you have some questions listed. I had some questions written down and I'm taking notes. I'm taking the information. So it looks legit. And just, you know, blowing smoke up his butt, man, this is such a beautiful place. What a great operation you have. The chest keeps puffing out. He doesn't pay attention. We get, I get the text. You know, horses off site. We're yeah, good. Right. I look at my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Can we pick this up? I have an emergency. I just got texted. <laughs> Got to go. Boom. Off we went. 
never heard from again. Uh, we got the horse. So it was a fun one after it was over. Yeah. Right. And, and we've never done one again, but right. it's like, my gosh, that's, that's, that's a scary situation for me. Now, how does your, uh, wife and four children, correct? Yep. Yep. How, how, how are they with dad's profession? Uh, cause I'm, I'm assuming when you come home and tell your wife these stories, she's like, Oh, the owner had a gun. Okay. Like, is she, is she, I'm a, is she with you all the time maybe? Or how's, how's that relationship dynamic? Yeah. So I travel, she's a school teacher. Okay. Um, and the kids, honestly, you know, when I bought the business, my youngest was almost three. Okay. Um, and even to this point, you know, it's one of those things that I'm just dad. Mm-hmm. So they're not really all that interested in the story. Right. Um, right. And are you married? Uh, fiance. We've been together okay. for like 13 years. So essentially, yes, I think yeah. legally we are, but yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing. You're in a relationship. Right. And the point is you don't have to say every part of every story. So, <laughs> you know, all she cares about, did you get the boat? Did you get right. the airplane? Yeah, we did. We yes. got it. It's moved. Right. How much is it worth? The check clear, right. That's all they care is if, as long as the check cleared, they don't know, they don't care how you got it. They don't care what you did to do. (laughs) Right. As long as, as long as the bank account's good to go and the mortgage is paid, the wife. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I get it. Um, and I mean, so, uh, and you've talked about, you've talked about this before and I have a proposition for you. Uh, if I know you mentioned, or did you at one point in time for maybe like nine to 10 repos in a row, did you use, uh, maybe it was your wife or another female on your team, like a, a female's touch to call these places and, uh, and maybe make some stuff happen. Yeah. My office manager, while we were in Orlando for most of the time, uh, we kind of shut down Orlando right before COVID Okay, kind of saying that it was it was going that way. Right. Um, but she was my office manager the whole time. So 15 years. Um, and it's funny at first she would say, I just do accounting work. Right. And that's all she did for the other owner. And, you know, we inherited her. And then as I'm sitting in the office a little more and getting to know her, I'm like, why don't you make a call or two? Like yep. you would be good at it. So it's funny. she's kind of like a work sense of humor like I do, which is good. So she's like, her thing is she's always going to use her quote unquote arch enemy from high school. Mm -hmm. She's always going to use her name. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like nobody knows you're doing it except Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's always Stacy. She's always the dumb blonde, whether it's the wife or my boss needs this or my husband needs this. She's always the ditzy blonde. And inevitably always she gets information. So there was a period of time where we had nine straight cases where she, we sat there for a second, we get the order and we're like, all right, you know, together we'd say, try this place. Right. And the first phone call, one phone call, she's she's got confirmation. Now for me, they might say, who are you? Why do you need to know? I can't give you the information. Right. 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 Uh, This is Stacey. And she does a Southern accent, hun, darling, all this kind of stuff. Boom. Oh yeah. It's at space A36. Yep. Oh my gosh. Go the funny it. one, if you have a quick story, I'm sitting across the, the office from her. So I, I say, hey, we're looking for this airplane. It's called a Beagle. That's the, the make of the aircraft. Right. Call on it. See if it's there. Great. So she's calling. She goes, you know, hey, darling, this is Stacy. Blah, blah, blah. My boss is looking for a Snoopy airplane. And I'm waving my hands because I'm not going to say anything. She's on the phone. I'm like, oh, it's a Beagle, not a Snoopy. She waves me. Forget it. 
yeah, it's a it's a Snoopy airplane, blah, 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 blah. And the, you could tell the lady, she's like, what do you just think? Finally, I could tell. The lady says, do you mean a beagle? She goes, yeah, that's it, darling. I knew it had something to do with Snoopy. That's it. Do you have a beagle there? And she told her exactly where it was. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right. It's it's the greatest one ever. It, it's and uh, I'll tell you what, I've done it. So, Ken, listen, whether whether you can tell whether it's the call or the speakers, I have a very raspy voice. This is how my voice has been for years. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's just who I am. But nine times out of 10, if I call you on the phone, customer service, 1-800 number or like drive through McDonald's, Wendy's. Uh, 99.9% of the time, the conversation ends with, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Mrs. McCurdy. Oh, ma'am, I'm so sorry. We can help you out. Like my voice is naturally just taken as a female's voice over the phone. So if she doesn't want to do it one of these days and you need someone else on your team, let me know. I'll call Chicago, honey, and I'll get that Snoopy plane for you. Okay. I'll do it. I call, I call as my fiance. I've called as, um, like previous uh, female business associates that I need something for, whatever it may be. Listen, I don't know if this is illegal or not, but when we bought this house a year and a half ago, I think it's fine to tell the story now. When we bought the house a year and a half ago, the uh, the bank needed to confirm that I was employed, right? Because you, know, you need to have a job, steady income, they're not going to approve you for the mortgage, whatever. Uh, so they had to call my employer. Well, at that time, I was actually taking over the business as the owner. So my boss was on her way out and I was taking her position. Much like you, I purchased the company, right? Yep. And so, um, A, I didn't want her to have to deal with it. B, I didn't want the bank to be like, wait a minute, you're in between jobs. We're not approving you for this loan. And C, I just wanted it to be done and over with because we needed yep. to get out of the one-bedroom apartment we were in with our son. It was so small. And so they called the company. I picked up the phone, said, hey, hi, my name's uh, Emily. The, how can I help you? Oh, we're just calling to confirm the, the employment status of Levi McCurdy. Try oh, my gosh, Levi, he's been talking about this house he's trying to buy for the last three months. Yes, he's worked here since 2017, blah, blah. All right, well, Mrs., we'll hang up the phone. And it's done. It happens every time. I've called T-Mobile. I've called every company as a female when I've needed to. I don't use it for hate. I don't. I use my powers for only good. Only good things come. But I'm just saying, if you ever need that female touch and, you know, she's busy or on holiday or whatever, give me a call. Give me the number. I'll make it happen for you. No one will know the wiser, I swear. You just have to be Stacy with an I. Dude, I'll be Stacy with an I. Honey, I, I'm looking for this plane. My husband bought it. He's just... He just spends all of our money. I, I think it's down there. I left my earrings on the plane. I just need to come get it. Wow, real quick. that's a good touch. Hey, hey, nice touch. I like it. Off the dome. I think I got the job. You know I what like I'm saying? It. Listen, so is there now, we might have to disagree on this. It might be the age difference, the cultural. I don't know. Do you have issues with Justin Bieber? What oh my gosh. What yeah. problems do we have with JB? Oh my gosh. And yeah. what did well, JB do wrong? Well, so it's funny. My <laughs> wife, my daughter loved him. Of course. Right. So, and and that interview was done with a radio guy. He was in Philly, but he's mostly in New York. Mike Adam, what a great guy. Mm -hmm. Such a nice guy. Um, and I loved him. <laughs> so I just really natural with him. And just and he's like, what celebrity do you really hate? And, and at that time, my daughter was whatever. She was eight years younger. So she was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And okay. Bieber posters everywhere. And right. I thought, what is 
And, and I had heard when he was younger, he was a real pain in the neck. Yeah. Like every teenager in the world is. <laughs> yeah. So no disrespect in that way. Right. But he just was like, I just can't stand Bieber. At this point, you know, it's just now it's just a thing I carry on. Yeah. Just because I do. I, I don't care. I, you know, I think his uh, the roast he did. Uh-huh. The celebrity roast was fantastic. Right. And some of his stuff, even though, like, I know it's written. It's all written, yep. He delivered it great. Right. So, yeah. you know, I know who he is. I get it. I know he's, you know, my wife and kids were actually, the two girls were supposed to see him in June. Yep. When he got sick. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think, um, no, I get it. His, uh, his teenage years were a little asshole-ish, uh, but like the last five, I think for him were okay. I think he's settled down. He's older now. He's a little more mature. Right. And I think, uh, and I tell people this all the time. No one agrees with me, but I think he's done. I think, I think with, I think we might potentially get one more album from him and then he'll announce his retirement. I think he's he's canceled like his last two or three world tours because of his health. Like your yeah. your family couldn't see him because of it. So like right. you probably shouldn't be doing world tours anymore. You're like 35 now. Let's calm down. We're not pissing in mop buckets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what he should do? <laughs> Honestly, he's got more money than he needs, right. obviously. Good for him. Yep. I and mean, he earned it. Congratulations. Yep. But like look at Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Poison and Journey. Like they're going out again now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He can take off 10, 15 years. Then, then your prices yep. skyrocket because yep. then yep. it's just a whole. Like I haven't seen him in fifteen years. Oh, uh, just went to see Duran Duran on Friday. Uh huh. You know yeah. what I mean? She hasn't seen him since the eighties. Yep. So oh, you know, yeah. like, it's there. Just imagine, imagine when like your daughter is your age and Justin Bieber is going on his farewell tour. I mean, we're yep. all there. We're all there. We have to be. I mean, if, if Taylor Swift has anything to say about it, I mean, I'm, I can only imagine how those numbers will continue. Um, okay. So Justin Bieber, I know because of NDAs, no other names can be, uh, we've, we've obviously never repoed Justin Bieber's Lamborghini, but, um, sports players I've heard, I believe. Can you name? We've done done football players. We've done and, you know, NFL players. We've done a couple of NBA guys. Yeah. Um. No baseball. No baseball. No, but we've done NBA and NFL. Um. We've done some other, you know, well-known names, which are really they're they're challenging because we've got to make sure nobody knows what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing. Right. And honestly, that's kind of how I started picking up on the ideas. You know, if I'm repoing your boat, your airplane, and you come in. And you're pitching a fit and screaming out. I'm like, whoa, we don't need to let everybody hear know that we're repoing your boat. Right. And he goes, oh, we, they know. For, whoa, whoa, they only know because you're screaming. Stop screaming. <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself. Right. right. Work with me. Right. And then tell everybody you ripped me off <laughs> on the right. sale. I don't care. Make me the dummy. And oh, that's how it all started. Right, right. Why would you? Right, 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 right. If my boat's getting repoed, I'm not going to make a scene and be like, you're not repoed because now all my friends know I didn't right. pay the bill. But if I come in and say, hey, this fucking jackass from Florida just got me for 30 Bitcoin and now my wallet's empty and I'm out of yacht. No, everyone's going to be like, oh, bro, what? Holy shit. They're going to be like, yo, use my yacht. Here's 10 grand. Like, let me spot you or whatever. Oh, see, that's smart. They're idiots. Yeah, Yeah, they need to. Well, of course, they didn't pay their banknote. So obviously they're idiots. But like, you know what I mean? Like, That's not a why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, and you never have. You've never had any of that. Or maybe. What's that? 
like like anyone like not against you. Like, hey man, like play it cool. Like I'll be like, uh, oh, like like that's exact scenario. You've have you ever had that before? Yeah, I mean I've used it and some people have calmed down and some haven't. Right. I've actually gotten thank you notes for how we've handled repos from debtors. Think about that. Uh, that's that's not easy. I had one guy, you know, he came out pitching a fit, mad as hell. Mm. I explained because that's again, that's my thing is stay right. calm and just say, listen, this right. is what's going on. You can still get it back. I explained the situation. I had one guy hook up his trailer, his boat and his trailer onto the back of our pickup for us. Oh my God. I had a pilot come. I explained to him how it was going to go down mm. and, you know, didn't embarrass him. Um, you know, all good. And mm. then he's sitting there cause it was a 30 or 40 year old airplane. It had a lot of little, little quirks to it. He sat in the plane with my pilot for 20 minutes saying this quirk, that quirk, the other thing. My pilot's like, that was the greatest thing in the world because he had to fly from Tennessee back to Florida. Right. He said, that guy really saves us a lot of time and a lot of problems. You know what I mean? He swore, oh, I made a big payment, you know, like $18,000. They probably applied it to one payment where it was supposed to be the next 12. I'm like, I believe you. I didn't. It doesn't matter if I believe him, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. But you're, you're trying to calm the situation. So yeah, I believe you. That happens a lot. You know what? Help me get the plane out of here now. You call the bank, get that squared up, and I'll bring it back to you. Right. Then they'll, right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And when you look people in the eye, you don't try and be a jerk to them. Yeah. You, you allow their dignity. Right. You respect them as people. Like some right. of these people just had a hard time. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. That happened. Well, and when you do that, it works out well a lot of times. And I mean, dude, I've I've gotten I've gotten thank you notes for like, you know, DJing someone's wedding, making it the greatest day of their life thus far, not taking away the toy that they bought with their mommy's inheritance. Like, you know, so well, yeah, it's, uh, it's the same thing when you respect people and you do things the right, way it's supposed to be done. Right, right, right. People appreciate it. So. Yeah. It's not all good. Yeah. They don't all go well. They do yeah. still try to hit me with cars and shovels and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, some of it's okay. What's one thing that you would love to repo that you've never had the opportunity to? Like that. Go, go, go. So at one point we were being spoken to by NASA. Oh, no. Um, Oh my Not God. about repoing, okay, but about doing the recovery. So when the when the spaceship or shuttle comes back from outer space, you know it splashes down. Mm. They were trying to privatize the recovery. Right, I'm like we like the most awesome thing ever. It, they never got the funding. They got to a certain point at that time. Never got the funding to do the the, the voyage. But wow, we were actually we did a, a full proposal and we met with them like four different times. We were ready to go. That would have been amazing. Um, you know, another thing, like I've never done a Pilatus air, okay. airplane. Uh, you know, we've done everything from ultralights, experimental airplanes on up to 737s, but the Pilatus. Okay. And it's driving me nuts. It's like, come on, just give me one freaking Pilatus, would you? Um, you know, as far as, I mean, I, the bigger, the better. Yeah. You know, I like the azimuths as far as yachts are concerned. They're beautiful yachts, great lines. Mm. But I've done a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'd love to go like to the Monaco, go to Monaco and a show there and steal a yacht in the middle of one of their big shows or, you know, the Cannes Film Festival and and take an airplane from there. Like stuff like that right. would be fun. Right, um, right, right, right. Gotcha. But as far as specific assets, the only one I, I've continued to say is the Pilatus because yeah. it's beautiful and it's cool. And yeah, why not? Would, that's that's like the the golden goose. That's like the, you know, the the Thanos of uh, of things to repo. 
So um, this this gets dangerous, right? There's no there's no telling what these owners will do. Um, obviously, you know, um, using the thing you're trying to repo, like you know, running you over with a car, or you know, if uh, God forbid they have weapons on board. But um, what, was there an incident at the, at a boat dock with like fishing line or what? That because that to me sounds a little medieval, and I don't know how I feel about it. There's two stories that are similar but different. The okay. fishing line story is we were in the Keys. Uh-huh. Um, we knew the boat was behind the house. Okay. Okay. So we say, hey, we're going to go six thirty in the morning, whatever time it was, really early, right? The sun's just coming up. So we're walking around the sidewalk to get to the back of the house. Yes. Right. And it, thank the Lord, we went at exactly the time we went because. The fishing line off to make me think it was a web. I thought it was a spider web, so I pulled right. back. Yeah. And it was fishing line with fish hooks about, you know, between eye somewhere face level. So the, the goal of these people was not only to get me the fishing line, but to poke my eyes out with the with the hooks. Like they literally put these the, the fishing hooks right. out. Right. And you know, trying to make it eye level. Right. So that was that was something. If we didn't just have that little shimmer. So, uh, OK, so then so is that then, uh, f- first of all, um, insane people. Second of all, uh, is that then are they that sounds to me a lot like premeditated murder. Is that charge then added on the rap sheet when you take the boat? Because like, is there no repercussions for that? Nope. Because it's on their private property, and they can just say it was a. It, they thought somebody was coming to steal the boat, so it was just there to try and keep any system in case. Proper oh my gosh! Okay, so they can say anything with that. Um, oh. And honestly, you, you know, most of the time, like I have gotten chased. We were in Jacksonville. Two boats were behind the house. We took the one. Right. right. We had to wait till seven thirty in the morning for the tide to come up. So we take the one boat. We're getting towed out. Right getting towed a little further while we look at the boat, whatever, all of a sudden you see the second boat coming at us, nose up. He's pissed. He's chasing us now. So we made aid to the Coast Guard, said, hey, this guy is chasing us. Boom. I don't know if he was really shooting or not, but it kind of sounded like it. So I'm Mm. like, this is, we don't want him getting any closer. Right. And then the Coast Guard came. And as soon as the Coast Guard came, because the guy was a Cuban national, he wasn't from here. He was from Cuba, living here. The nose one goes down and he peels off and starts to go back home. Now, <laughs> everybody always asks, well, did they t- did they extradite him? What did they do? Nothing. At that point, right. I don't know what they did. Right, right. You know, I'll ask. Right. But guess what they're going to tell me? Right. No, I can't tell you. So, right. I, I don't know. One time, though, the other thing that happened at the dock, and it's, you know, different things have happened, but this one where they they chained the outdrive and the prop to the, the dock in the back of the house. Right. So the goal for them was the the best situation for them would have been if we cranked up the engines, pulled away, ripped off the outdrive and the prop, and took their dock down. That was their ultimate goal. So we'd owe them a lot of money, right? Because then you become responsible for property damage. You destroyed the boat. Yes. Insurance needs to pay out. Give me all the money. Right, 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 right. Yep. So luckily, you know, as soon as we tried to crank the motor, the the captain's like, "Whoa, we got a problem," and we ended up seeing the the chain. There was another time in Maryland, and it's on the show, where they did it with rope. And, right. and it got to be a bird's nest. So I had to dive underwater. Right. Um, it's funny. It's it's by far the three women that watch us. Mm. There's more than three, but it is a heavily 
we're like Rush, the band, heavy yeah. male uh, demographic for right. our show. Ninety nine point nine percent, just a bunch yeah. of dudes watching the show, and then there's literally a group of four females. Yeah, <laughs> one of them's your wife, but the other three. She actually doesn't really watch it much. <laughs> no, my listen, Megs doesn't mess with the podcast. I get it. It's I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's I get awful. It. Yeah. But that that episode, I actually took my shirt off and I have to go in order. So the joke is ah. I always say, oh, yeah, that's the four women that watch. That's their favorite episode. Yeah, yep. it's got the highest ratings. Highest ratings. And then you want to know why? <laughs> yeah, you, and they're all like, you want to know why more women don't watch? Because you took your shirt off. Uh, uh, well. That may be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, 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 right. We're yeah. not sure. Could have been going either way. <laughs> yeah, we're not. The, the ratings are a little skewed when the shirt came back on versus when the shirt was off. So we're not sure where the spike came from. Right, 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 right. Um, so, all right, man, dude, I mean, it's, um, it's crazy. I think it's when you think about it, like you think the word repo, it's like, oh, I didn't pay my car bill. And now they're coming to tell my car away. You don't think when you reach the level of Musk or Bezos or who even, I mean, people from Maryland or the people of Florida, you know, that they, they'll come take your shit. And as in they, it's you. So, I mean, and so just, just to bring all that repo stuff back, we're going to touch on some personal things and then we'll wrap this up. But, um, you've been, you've been repoing for, for years now and, uh, over a billion dollar in assets. And, um, I think the, the, the main question, um, comes from why. So, so you're, Obviously, the business and the licenses is is in Florida. Any reason is is Florida or the East Coast? Because you seem to be talking a lot in Maryland, a lot in Florida. Is that richer than California? I would imagine most of your 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 repos are in California. So the reason why we're in Florida a lot, a the license, right? right? So my repo license in Florida allows me to go to forty nine states legally. Mm-hmm. I can't go to California. California mm-hmm. people can go to forty nine states. They can't come to Florida. Mm. Right. So we each have our own individual. I have a guy in in California when things were really going between 2008 and 2014, we were in California for at least one week every month. Right. Everything from, you know, North of San Fran down to, down to San Diego and right. you know, basically the Mexican border. Yeah. Um, so we were in California a lot. The thing is the boats, especially the, the biggest three States for boat ownership have always been, and it, it changes but it's always California, Michigan, and Florida. Right. So, okay. So we've got one of the top three states. Could be third, could be second this year. doesn't matter. Right. It also has, because of the international um, reach of Florida, tons of aircraft. Mm. Right. So it just makes a lot of sense to be in Florida. Right. Between the license and the and the assets. True. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've repoed in 47 states. Um, what are the two, yeah. what are the two that you haven't, that you can, that you need to hit yet? There's three and it's, ah. um, I haven't done North Dakota. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, um, I've done Alaska. I've done Hawaii. Uh, I don't think I've done Oregon. Okay. There's another one in the Midwest. I think it's Nebraska. We were okay. supposed to do one in Nebraska. I was getting ready to go. And all of a sudden they paid and it's like, son of a gun. Right, so, right. And that's, you know. and that's, and that's your, and I can't imagine, can't imagine how many billionaires are in Nebraska. I think, I think Jeffree Star might be the only millionaire in, in or maybe. Does Buffett still live there? 
Uh, it's like him. I, th- I think it's Jeffree Star, Kanye West, and like a couple of them that live in like a ranch somewhere in the middle of Wyoming. But like, you know, I don't know. Can you repo a ranch? I doubt. Can you can you repo a herd of cattle? If if Jeffree Star's herd of buffalo were worth a hundred thousand dollars, you could theoretically. You've done one horse. Could you do multiple yeah. horses? Yeah, I mean, if if they were financed, it's true, right? Right. Yeah, it's true. And, and um, I would. So, uh, okay, what is um, what's the last thing you've repoed, uh, like to date, like yesterday or whatever, whenever? Yeah, it was uh, uh, I mean, like I said, it's been really slow since COVID. So it was like October. We did a uh, a 182 airplane. Okay. Which awesome. is a single engine Cessna. Nice. Awesome. 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 And that retail value of that plane, if I wanted to buy one new. It was an 85, I think. So the value of that was somewhere around 60 or 70 grand. Oh, okay. Not terrible. Not terrible. Okay. And awesome, dude. Okay. So I heard, and I recently started this journey uh, with my fiance just a, a few years ago, being from Pennsylvania all my life. But my parents, they kept us sheltered and didn't really give a shit. So uh, as an adult, I'm discovering it. But the rule is, if we have to put the name Philly in the cheesesteak, it's not a cheesesteak, correct? Thank you. 100%. Did you see me say that somewhere? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I always say that. Yeah. If you have to call it a Philly cheesesteak, it's not a cheesesteak. Stop it already. Yep. Yep. You don't see Delisandro's or Phil and Jim saying, hey, look at our Philly cheesesteak. Nope. And I and I believe we have the same opinions on how it needs to be made. Roll meat whiz and onions, correct? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Perfect. Now, now you had mentioned you just mentioned now my our favorite our favorite um is it's it's a toss up. It's either gonna be uh it's either gonna be Pat's or Gino's, and so we go there. Every, I'm joking. I will never step foot. You're such will, a tourist. I will never. Tourist I stop, <laughs> Ken. I will never step foot inside. I've watched the videos. I swear to God, I think their meat looks disgusting. I don't. I will never buy a Pat's or Gino's sub. I'll never try one. I don't want to. We are. We're Delisandro's fans. We go to Delisandro's every time we're in Philly, and that's kind of our. That's our go-to. And so we, I've heard. Yeah, I've been in Del Sanchez. I'm from Delaware County, Delco. Okay. okay. So we're Phil and Jim's people. Okay. And my my father-in-law, my wife's father's best friend owned Phil and Jim's for like 30 or 40 years. So okay. I'm a diehard Phil and Jim's. Yeah. Don't even try and tell me anything different. Got However, it. in the city, I'm here in Angelo's in the Italian market. Okay. They make so they Barstool Portnoy did yes. the yep. pizza there. And, and he gave him like a nine something, nine, three, or nine four. So yeah. it was a great pizza. Yep. We tried it right before Christmas. It was good. Um, me and my son's different on, on the rating and that's okay. Um, but I'm hearing the cheesesteak there is killer. So just another option. Do Delisandro's, do Angelo's, try them both. Yep. And see which one you like better. It's, 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 it. Yeah. And I mean, have you, have you experienced anything like that as far as cheesesteak in your travels? Right. Uh, obviously if it says Philly on the menu, we're kind of already weary. It's like an automatic four out of 10. Right. So, um, in your travels outside of Philly, where's the best one? I'm a snob. I I don't try. So it's funny. Went with the family to San Francisco in 2019 Mm -hmm. 
and um, Serrano's is the pizza place. It was right near us. The kids love their pizza. Mm. So shout out to Serrano's. And if Serrano sees this, I want you to start making T-shirts because I wanted to buy them for Christmas and they don't make them. Because uh, we were there, literally, we were there for eight or nine days in San Francisco. And we got pizza from there, like six of them. Right. Yep. Across the street was a, a cheese, a Philly cheesesteak place. So my older son and I are like, you want to try it? I'm like, yeah, we'll try it. We ordered just a cheesesteak just the way you're supposed to. And we see the menu for cheesesteak and it's got mayo and it's got mustard. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sick. We tried it. We each took a bite. We each spit it out and we each threw the, the sandwich away. Like, it's just, you can't, when you've had a Philly cheesesteak, when you had a cheesesteak from Philly, a right. real cheesesteak from Philly, I don't even try them anywhere else. You can't, I don't know. And it's like, it's either, it's either, it's either one thing or all of it. Right. It's like either the, the, the hoagie's wrong. Right. Or we're putting mayo on it or the peppers or the, you know, I'll what's, what's best for me. I love laughing and I'm sure you've seen them, but I love laughing at the, uh, the chain restaurants. Like I'll get emails from like Ruby Tuesdays, Chili's, Applebee's, and they're like, check out our all new Philly cheesesteak, $6.99. And it's just a slice of like half melted American cheese over like these just, you know, like thick cuts of of of, of shaved beef yeah. with just peppers and onions just blatantly out on top. And it's just like, no one's gonna eat this. Like no one in their right mind. If they were starving, I don't think, let alone uh, who knows what a Philly cheesesteak is, would eat this. I, it's it's fascinating to me. So when you can't get when you can't get to your favorite cheesesteak place, are you guys uh, Wawa or Sheets people? Oh, we're Philly. My, we're Wawa. Right. My again, I've got a story for almost everything. Um, <laughs> I live in the town I live in. Neighbors, the the true town of Wawa, PA. Mm. Um, so my grandmother worked for Wawa back in the sixties and seventies. Wait, is that she, how it got started? As oh, a farm. There's a, there's a town called Wawa, Pennsylvania, and that's why we yeah. have the convenience stores. Well, it's, yeah. And the farm is eight minutes from my house. Okay. The original farm. You learned uh, something new. Look at that. Yeah. My grandmother lived on Wawa road okay. in Wawa PA Hell and she yeah. worked for Wawa. So we're old school from the sixties and seventies. We have the orange milk crates from Wawa. Um, which were allegedly illegal to have, but we've got them. So we're wow all the way. Now I went to school at IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I love IUP, still support the school. Friends with people on Twitter um, from IUP, the Crimson Crazies and all this stuff. And the the restaurant 157 guy, Mm -hmm. love those guys. Um, You know, I like sheets. Yep. But again, Philly is is a unique town. It really is. We're so proud. We're so loyal. Right. And that's why we're always in fights. Right. So, <laughs> right. Well, uh, right. Are uh, you a, uh, were you a, uh, that Wawa, I did not know the history of Wawa and I'm so glad you shared that with me. I would say, here's the issue where I'm from up here, we have one Wawa and that is in like Lancaster somewhere. And so that's about like an hour drive. But within a five minute drive from the house, I have about six sheets locations. So unfortunately we're, we're stuck with sheets, but I will say my first job out of college, we were within walking distance from that Wawa and boy, did we eat there every day for lunch. And I, hands down, I mean, Wawa's food or MTOs and their subs and their hoagies are 10 times better than sheets. Uh, Uh, I went to school, um, (laughs) 
Oh gosh, it's a long story because it doesn't technically exist. I went to the Art Institute of York. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, that no longer exists. It's an argument I've been trying to have. I feel like if your college no longer exists after you graduate, you shouldn't have to pay back your student loans. That sounds fair. You think it would be? You think it I would think be? That's, that's yeah. absolutely fair. Bring it up to John Fetterman. He's he's at the new well, senator. He can help you. <laughs> Fetterman, listen, oh God, we don't need to get into politics. Okay. Rate these. He just, he just got he just got sworn in yesterday. That's all. That's true. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It's official yeah, now. Yesterday. He's in. Yep. Okay, great. Good for him. Congratulations. I'm glad it wasn't uh we don't need to get into it, but Dr. Oz, I don't think, needed to be here for any reason. I don't know. Whatever. Uh That's fine. name these, name these from best to worst. Uh the ghost adventures, dog the bounty hunter, lizard lick towing, and Danny Thompson. Danny Thompson, number one, and the rest at number four. It's that big a gap. It's that big of a gap. No, you know, I, like, like I've seen Lizard Lick, yeah, and it's you know, like, and, and Danny's from North Carolina, so he kind of knows it. I've driven past them and everything. Uh huh. It's just it, 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 the stuff they show is just so stupid. Um, dog, you know, it's, it's funny because I used to get in trouble with my wife. We'd watch. I'm like, that's not real. Because I was doing new stuff before. So you can kind of tell what's real and isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and so here's the one thing I said. I went I went off on it. Dogs on the on the ground. Uh, the, the guy is on the second floor. He's shooting a dart gun, pellet gun, whatever kind of gun he's shooting. Right. It's not a real gun. Obviously, uh-huh. he's not trying to kill the guy. He's trying to stun him. Right. And he misses six shots on him. Like, how the hell do you from the ground miss six shots? How do you do that? So I'm like, that's just bogus. It's not real. And then she told me, you can. Ne- I could never comment on a reality show again until I get my own show. I'm like, so as soon as the first episode aired, I was like, hot dog, here we go. <laughs> so, um, I, I, Ghost Adventures, I've talked to some of those guys. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Talk so, to Dog. I haven't talked to um, Lizard Lake personally, but it's Danny Thompson. Nobody, nobody, that's and right. then fourth. No, 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 I figured as much. Uh, so, well, and that's and that's interesting. And and you kind of, I hopefully wanted to to kind of. Uh, wait, listen, we don't need to get into the 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 meat and potatoes of reality TV, but I find it very interesting that um, you so and that was kind of you kind of already answered my question. How like what reality TV shows were you watching or are watching? And like obviously. You probably same thing I do with my podcast. Every time I watch someone else's podcast, I'm like, oh, I know what they're doing. Oh, they could have done this. This could have been better. Oh, I need to make mine better. Uh, but like, do you still do you still watch? Because the show's been off the air for what going on? I think ten years now, right? It's yeah. Well, last last real live original episode was September of 2015, so it's seven yeah. and a half years. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, know, honestly, it- I don't really watch reality TV. My wife does. Yeah. So it's like, you know, she likes uh, HGTV and Chip and Joanna. And it's like, yeah, and I say to him, like, what are the odds that people that know what they're doing, mm-hmm. flipping houses, always miss the electrical issue? What's, what are the odds? I said, you know, there's a format to it. It's got to be this. And then we got a problem. And, oh, my gosh, we're going to be terrible. It's going to destroy everything. Wait, no, we've solved the problem. And it's just the same format. But if, but, but if, yeah, right. Well, no, but you're correct. But if, but if they, I'd imagine when building a house, much like you have to have a pilot and an insurance company and a translator and someone to do this and a bodyguard and all that while you're going to, to steal a boat, I'd imagine why you're telling me the crew that's building the house doesn't have five other people 
from the insurance company, from the network, from here, from there to like double check the fact that they didn't miss this major electrical problem? That's my point. I mean, if you're experienced at doing it and, and listen, it's no knock on, on, and I mentioned one group because my wife watches Chip and Joanna the most. It's yeah, nothing yeah, perfect yeah. on no. them. It absolutely isn't. Right. They do great work. So right. make sure we're clear on that. Um, but she likes the one group out in Orange County, California. The husband and wife are now mm-hmm. divorced. And it's like, right. literally, you've done this 500 times. Like, don't you know to look for the water issue? Or don't you know to look for the electric? Right. Something always goes wrong. Right. And and it's funny because somebody said yesterday, I posted an old Today Show piece. And they're like, you know, you you always show the cases with problems. Why don't you show something this season? I'm like, but we have. Right. There's there's three seasons worth that you can go. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of them have problems because that's what the producers want. That's what the viewers want. They don't want to see us walk in. There's the plane fly it off. Wow, that was so easy. That was great. Right, right, right. They don't right. want to see that. And, so, and yeah, and I and I guess I just need to apologize from 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 the clip that you found and and what we've talked about about airplane repo on the show before. Um, my my ignorance. I just assumed because I listen. I keep my keys in my thirty thousand dollar vehicle everywhere we go because my thought philosophy is hey. If someone steals it, I'm going to call the cops, get my car back, and they're going to go to jail. If they steal it and wreck it, I'm going to call the cops, get the insurance money, and go buy a brand new car. So it's kind of a win-win for me either way. So I just assumed when you've got millions, presumably billions of dollars, and you have your own private airplane, you would just kind of leave the keys in there. But I guess that's not always the case. That's never the case. Well, just so you know, in, in jets especially, there are no keys. There's keys to unlock the door, my, but everything else is sequential pushing. So yeah, you know, we have to get the the you know the logbooks are the toughest part for us, ah. right? Um, over the course of time, you know, we've got a key ring this big that has six or eighty keys on it. You know, a lot of the single engines work with with my mailbox key from my place in Florida. You know, so you know to okay. that point, you're right. right. We have a legal right to do it, but we have, we have a ton of keys. Um, we can pick locks. We know how to do that. We're legally allowed to do it. We have yep. possession of the aircraft. We can't pick the lock to get in the hangar, yep. but we can, once we have the aircraft or the boat, we can pick locks there. Um, so it's, we mostly have master keys. Yep. Um, when we are a Christ, when I was a Chrysler, we used to send the master key to the car, to the repo company. Right. So oh, they would have wow. a key. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah, wow. They so they'd have a key. They don't do that anymore, I'm assuming, right? I, that could probably I, I be. I don't know. That was 0405. We were, yeah, we were able to send them the, the okay. codes and get the master key. I guess so, if someone gets hands on a master key for Chrysler. For that car. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of it is it doesn't work for all Chrysler 300s. It works for this specific key or this huh. specific vehicle, which was better. Yeah. Uh, um, but some boats might have some of the keys on board. Yeah. Um, but the the planes don't. Uh, and I don't care. You can say what you want. I didn't. I wasn't referring to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, we have master stuff in general. Right. 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 No. I and I and that's. I mean, that's that's also that's that's exactly what I needed to know. I mean, it, it makes sense that you know uh, planes don't even need keys. Like so, I'm just you know. <laughs> Well, it's funny because the one thing we do is, like I said, we had this one Gulfstream G3, and it's my favorite picture where I ever took because we got it in the morning, and the sun was just coming up in Fort Lauderdale. It was beautiful. But the guy who was with me was really good at picking locks, right? Mm. So he's going, and he's trying to get it, trying to get it, and he can't get it. He's so frustrated, so he's going to get his other set. I go there. I look at it. I push the the handle, 
and it so moved. I'm like, yep. I wonder if this thing's not locked. And I just happened to push it and then I pulled it and the steps came down. Yep. It was locked. It was unlocked, I mean. Yep. He was trying the whole time. He didn't realize it because he didn't check it. Right. He was trying to unlock it. Right. I mean, trying to lock it back up. He right. thought it was, that's why he couldn't get it. So as he comes back, I'm on the top steps and I'm like, I got it. I didn't even need a pick set. How'd you do that? I'm like, dude, it was unlocked. You didn't even check it. Son of a God. It was 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. He was tired and, of and course, forgot. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, would you yeah. Would you consider yourself a detective? I have been in the past licensed as a private investigator. Yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So if my, so listen, <clears throat> and this is, this is just from a friend of mine, my, in 2000, 2011, this crazy chick named Jessica broke up with my buddy, Paul, and she kept this acoustic custom made Martin guitar. Would you be able to track that guitar down for us? Or do you think it's too late? Uh, it's, I mean, it, there's a lot of questions I would have, like, how would you know it's the right one? What, what ownership rights? How do you prove that? So, you know, it, it would take a lot for me to, to even try it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I could go to her and I've confronted people left and right. So that's yeah. not an issue for me. Do you have uh do you have just like, like friends or family or relatives who are like, Hey man, I lost my dog or like, Hey man, someone stole my watch. Like, can you go find, like, is that, has that, I'm assuming that's probably faded down for you a bit. Yeah, it's funny because I don't know in mechanics or if you're familiar with the Preston and Steve show on WMMR out of Philly. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're the number one morning show. And I was on there, uh -huh. which was one of the coolest things for me. Um, but Kathy Romano from the show, like we're, we're sitting there and it's funny, the first time I was on, she really just didn't even see me interested. Like she had other things she was working on. Da, da, da. Okay. The second time she was locked in. And she's asking me a bunch of questions about a family member. What about this? What about that? And so, you know, that happened and that, that was cool. Uh, as far as I have been asked to do um, family work, uh -huh. you know, like uh, track the wife, make sure she's not doing this and that and the other thing. And so, and I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, first of all, they don't pay as well. Okay. Um, but second of all, I do not want to get involved in somebody's, somebody's, okay. you know, marital situation. Right. That's, Right. That's not my deal. So right. we've been asked to do that. Right. Um, you know, other dumb stuff. They they'll ask. I'm like, stop it. We're not doing that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I tried to limit it really to just the finding of boats, airplanes, exotic cars, stuff like that. Got it. Got it, man. Well, listen, man. Um, I think that about wraps it up for our time here today. I just want to thank you so much uh, for coming on. I know you. Uh, you said you're going to be busy here in the next few days. Yeah. Big case you're working on? Anything coming up? What's next for uh, for Ken Cage? Yeah, hopefully you'll, somebody will see me in Florida in the next few days. So, got it. We're, we're working on some fun stuff. Cool. So, any any uh, any friends left at Discovery? Maybe a reboot coming? Maybe a new show? Maybe a Netflix deal in the future? I I never say never. Uh -huh. Um. My film, my camera guy from season two, I talked to him. I actually just talked to him on New Year's Day. So, yeah, um, yeah. we've got some people involved that want to do the show. I don't know that it's going to be Discovery. Yeah. Because um, it's just, that's just too hard to make money. But yeah. um, 
you know, if you notice, I tag Netflix, I yeah, tag who really wants stuff just yep. to kind of keep yep. them aware of what's going on. Oh, I know what you're doing. I, yep. I know exactly. Never what's going on. say I never. Yep. No, I, uh, man, listen, I think, uh, I think it'd be great. We'll, we'll keep our ear out. And if, uh, if you have, uh, if something comes up and you need to come back on and, and promote a new show or do whatever you need to do, just reach out and let us know. Final question for you. And then we'll let you go. Now that we're best friends, can my fiance and I get like $30 and or free flights from either Philly to Harrisburg to like Myrtle beach or Florida with you at any given time? No. Okay. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Ken cage. Follow him on Twitter. Check out airplane repo anywhere you can, anywhere it's streaming uh, on discovery. Of course, just Google it. Uh, Ken, anything you need to plug, let the people know social sites. What do you got going on? I'm at Ken Cage Repo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So join the crew. We do some films. We do some talking. We do some, you know, posting that people seem to enjoy. We tell a lot of stories. That's what people seem to enjoy. So yeah, man. Awesome. Join us. Yeah. And uh, we'll certainly have you back on here uh, for, for more stories, more repo stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast. My name is Levi McCurdy. Thank you so much for listening. Show our guests some love. We are heading to Instagram and Facebook right now to follow those pages. Check them out on Twitter as well. And uh, links and everything you need are in the description down below. Thank you guys so much, Ken. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch you next time, buddy. Excellent. Thanks so much, Levi. I appreciate it, buddy. Awesome. This is the What Are We Doing podcast.